You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that am. Well, I hope you're feeling good today. I really, really do hope you're feeling good. I know some people are, are... Look, here's the thing. I'm not saying there weren't things that happened yesterday that we can be nitpicky about. There were. It wasn't quite... It didn't have the decisive feeling that a couple games have had this year. But that's a good win. It really is, and, and, and for a couple different reasons. Number one, I think, personally, if we're being fair to the Green Bay Packers, if we genuinely want to be fair um, and not just like an overbearing parent that expects, you know, straight A's, go to Harvard, whatever, can tell I don't even know how to get into Harvard. I'm pretty sure Straight A's doesn't do it. But it's a start, I'm guessing. Community service? I don't know. I could have win if I wanted to. I just didn't feel like it. If we're genuinely being fair to the Packers, we, we got to look at this in the context of, number one, they need to overcome whatever happened the week prior. That was an absolute beating by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and hey, look what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did again this week. It looks like they are about as, as, as high-flying as you can get. So so the, there's a question of, are they going to be able to mentally overcome this? That's a human thing. And it's, it's a real thing to ask, can you just flip a switch and move on? On top of that, the laundry list of injuries, as well as being on the road for the second week in a row, in the heat. I know it's indoors, but still, I mean, this is the, you go all the way down south, you're in the heat, you get beat up brutally you come all the way back you practice for a little bit everybody's injured everybody's hurt you fly all the way back down south to the heat you fly here you fly there you go here you go back you go there again your your game plan is changing on the fly this isn't what we came into the season with this isn't what we did two weeks ago or three weeks ago or four weeks ago we got a new plan with a new group and we're not sure if david's going to go we're not sure if aaron jones is going to go we're not sure if kevin king's going to go we don't know what's going to happen we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here then you can even split it up into individual groups. The offense looked terrible. The defense has been getting absolutely trashed week after week, and Mike Pettin's, you know, looking at possibly losing his job if the fans have anything to do with it, which they don't, but, you know, they, they have a good point. Even if, you know, LaFleur is telling them, like, ah, don't worry about the media and stuff, I'm still worried if I'm Mike. Because in the back of my mind, on one hand, it's like, yeah, the fans don't know anything. But at the other hand, it's like, except we are kind of bad. Then you've also got to look at the fact that the Texans are not a joke. Offensively, this is not a bad football team. Defensively, yeah, they struggle. Offensively, it's not that bad. So you put all that together, and to be completely honest, and I was doing, um, I was representing the Packers on Fan to Fan. I don't know if any of you guys are checking that out, but check out FanToFanNetwork.com. They've got a YouTube channel, FTFN. They're also on uh, Twitch, which I don't know if anybody actually even uses Twitch, but they are. And and my my. You know, you only get like four minutes to talk, and, and it's like, the only thing I can say is I have no idea what's going to happen. And it's the honest truth. I didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know which Packers team is going to show up. I don't know what Texans team is going to show up. So if you keep all of that in context and then look at this game, you really got to gotta try to nitpick. And there's nothing wrong with nitpicking, but I think right after a victory, embrace it, right? 
be happy, be excited, find the good in it first. Then move on to nitpicking and refining. And if you don't even want to move on to that, that's fine. You're a fan. You don't have to. Matt LaFleur has to. He has to go back to, you know, his 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 office and find everything wrong with the team and then tell the team how much they suck, even though they won. That's his job. You don't have to do that at all if you don't want to. We're going to do it eventually. Not here necessarily, but it's a part of fully understanding the team, which is what I feel like is my primary position here. I want to fully and rightfully understand the team as best. It's it's like a detective game, you know. I think there's like board games out there where you can find the killer and you gotta, you know. I don't know. It's Clue. It's like Clue, but but on our end, it's just a game, and it's okay. Well, I guess technically on their end, it's a game too. But but on our end, we don't actually know. We don't know what they're doing, what they're thinking. We're never gonna know. We're just we're we're guessing, and it's fun, and you know you gotta use your brain a little bit, and that's fun. But we're just playing football. We're, we're playing head coach, GM, whatever, when we decide, oh, we should trade for this guy, that guy. And that's fine. That's part of the fun. But it's also okay to just enjoy a win. So today, we're going to enjoy the win. We're not going to nitpick. Now, I know I say things, and eventually I'm going to nitpick something. And I'm going to try not to, but it's probably going to come out eventually. It's hard to talk about the full game without coming across somebody that kind of rubbed me. But to, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, who's going to be that guy? I can't really think of that guy. I'm sure there was somebody. I mean, Billy Turner was upsetting me right at the beginning. Right in the beginning, somebody got around. And I think it was Whitney Merciless got around him. And Whitney Merciless is not a good football player. And I just thought, this is going to be a terrible day. I didn't hear his name one time after that. Raven Green was getting picked on a lot, but I also thought he was one of the better players that night. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it was kind of 50-50. Either he looked great or he looked terrible. But he was he was playing fast. He was playing physical. He just he didn't quit. Some of the times they, they picked on him to their you know own detriment because Raven was there. And there was a portion of the game where it was like either they were targeting him or he was just there making a play. It was like the Raven Green show. I mean, legitimately, I, I know the pass rush wasn't great. Um, although it's, it's tough. They did get there a lot and the quarterback bailed out, which, you know, you got to pick your poison. You sit back and you play cutesy with him and you try to play contain and you never get to him or you get to him and you risk him breaking out of the pocket. Cause when you're rushing four guys, there's only so many places you can be. And if you're getting wild and crazy and trying to take a straight line at him, there's almost always going to be an open spot. It, it's, it's never going to happen. I shouldn't say never, but it's very unlikely that all four guys push the pocket perfectly around him so that he gets sacked. And again, that's like a coordinated effort. What happens if one guy wins and the other three don't? It's, it's called a hole. Either he makes a tackle or there's a vacated area. So I, I genuinely like the aggression of it. It's always frustrating seeing a quarterback break the pocket. And it was always in the same direction, too, which was annoying. I don't know why. It's like, why, why is it the same exact mistake every time? But you expect it, especially when you're bringing heat and they brought heat. And I thought it was a good thing. I'm glad to see it. I would rather them bring heat and fail than, than you know, drop your shutty. And drop your defensive lineman, rush two, and fail. At least go down swinging. And then I don't even think they really went down. Um, you know, I and again, I, I have the biggest pessimist in all human history that that is texting me pretty much all day every day. So so maybe I don't have the proper perspective of what fans think. But I do know there are some people out there, not naming names. Brian might might be talking about you. I might not. You never know. They don't know. So I think I'm doing a good job of of. Um, keeping that under wraps, but it was, there was nine minutes left in the third quarter. The Texans scored their first touchdown, their first points of the game with nine minutes left in the third quarter against a pretty scary offense. And the comment I got was, yeah, great defense. (laughs) 
Like, come on. And that's why I put on Twitter, if you saw it, like, look, I understand you just watched the team drive all the way down the field against your defense. You got to understand, or at least ask yourself the question, how many points did you reasonably expect the Texans to score in this game? Was it seven or less? Because apparently for some of you it was less than seven. Because I know it wasn't just him. There was a lot of frustration all the way down. Oh, what was that tackle? What was da, 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 da. And it is frustrating. Again, it's always frustrating when somebody makes a mistake. But again, everybody scores points, man. The best defenses in football allow some kind of points. And the fact that, you know, borderline half their points came in... I hate to call it garbage time because it, it shouldn't have been, but the team clearly gave up after a certain period of time, which caused it to be a little bit scary, and it kind of it was hard for the Packers to get revved back up. I was worried they weren't going to figure it back out. Fortunately, the offense was able to kind of get a little bit a little bit back to seal this game off. They uh, they popped it into neutral way too early. But if we just go back and look at what the Texans have done this year, um, the the final score of this game was 35-20, to 20, which is a win by 15 points. That's a win by 15 points. I feel like I need to say that a second time. For a team that, I mean, all right, let me finish this thought first because more thoughts are coming into my brain. The last couple weeks against Tennessee, again, it was an overtime victory, 36-42. to 42. It was a very close game. The week before that, they annihilated Jacksonville, 30-14. to 14. Then you had Minnesota 23 to 31, which is eight points. It's a little bit closer. You know, they scored a few more points. The Vikings scored a little bit less points. Before that was the Steelers, dominant defense, but 21-28, relatively close. The only games that were as bad of a beating, interestingly enough, almost identical scores, Baltimore Ravens 16 to 33. Again, ours was 20 to 35. Theirs was 16 to 33, but I've got one even closer. How about 20 to 34? The two teams that did to the Houston Texans, what the Packers did, are the two of the best teams in football. So when you ask the question about the Houston Texans, are, are they getting better or are they just playing worse teams? Because they started off with a brutal schedule, Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. Well, let's see what happens when they face a really good team in the Green Bay Packers. Well, are they a really good team? Well, I don't know. The score was 20-35. to 35. One point better than what the Chiefs did to them. Kind of has that same feel to it, doesn't it? The feel of you know, what happens when they face a really good team. And again, for those that, and I, and I know it's very few and far between. I think most people are really excited about the defense. If anything's nitpicky, it's probably the offense. But the only team that allowed less points was the Baltimore Ravens. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who are renowned for having one of the best defenses in football, allowed three touchdowns to the Houston Texans. Everybody allows points. Bottom line, this was a dominant beating. Beyond that, what are the markers that happened in the first four games that we looked at that we wanted to get back to, that we were worried were maybe gone forever? Well, there's the point margin. How badly are you beating everybody? Right? It's the fact that, you know, this year, one of the things that's different is it's not just that they win, it's that they win big. 43 to 34 was relatively close, but it's still nine points. 42 to 21 is a 21 point beating. 30 to 7 is still a touchdown difference. And then 30 to 16. That was the first four weeks, so massive margins. And again, this is a 15-point beating, which means the offense does really well and the defense does really well. That's how you get a big margin. On top of that, getting the offense back to what it was. We only scored 10 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 30, 37, 42, 43. In this game, 35. Right back in the swing of things, folks. Yeah, well, this is a terrible defense. So what? Talked about that about every other one of these games. There's no reason you have to score 35 points against a bad defense. You don't have to. 
Either this is a bad offense that can't put up 35 points against the Texans, or it is a good enough offense to score 35 points against the Texans. You got to pick a lane. I mean, what would have been acceptable to you? 50? If you were real good, you'd have put up 50. Okay, what did the Chiefs do? They scored 34. The Baltimore Ravens scored 33. The Vikings scored 31. The Pittsburgh Steelers scored 28. The Jaguars scored 14. The only team that scored more than the Packers did against this defense was the Titans. And guess what? They did it in overtime, meaning at halftime, after four quarters, they had 36 points. It was tied 36 to 36. So at best, a team scored 36 points against them. So it's not true, considering the best offenses in football have gone up against this defense, which, by the way, is probably the reason the Texans are seen as one of the worst defenses in football, because statistically, they've gone up against teams like the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Titans, the Vikings. I mean, some of the best teams in football. I'm not saying it's a good defense because it's not, but I think it's maybe a little bit overinflated because they've gone up against the best offenses, including the Packers. So, so what is it, if we would have said honestly, Honestly, if, if, if you wouldn't have watched this game and just looked at the score, the stats, all that, I don't think you'd have been upset at all. I think the people that are upset or worried, you know, what happens when you face a good team? Which, again, I don't know what the standard of a good team is. Apparently, Tampa is the only good team in football. I mean, are the Vikings a good team? Are the 49ers a good team? Are the Jaguars, the Colts, the Bears, the Eagles, the Lions, the pa- Panthers, the Titans, the Bears? I mean, based on your metric of a good team, I think the Titans are the only team you can call a good team. Unless you want to say the 49ers, who have just been getting smacked around by everybody. I know they beat the the Patriots, and that's cool. But they're certainly not themselves anymore. But okay, let's say we lose to the 49ers and the Titans. Is that what you're so upset about? Again, the, the Texans are one of the better teams still left on this schedule. Maybe, I mean, look, if the Bears win tonight, you got to give them their props, and we got to face them twice. That could be tough. We already beat the Vikings. Jaguars are a joke. Colts are not what I expected. Eagles are putrid. The Lions are terrible. The Panthers are showing a little bit, but I don't think they have enough. If we win just one of the two Bears games, 49ers games, and the Tennessee Titans game, we're 13-3 and again. If we just win one of the remaining semi-tough games left. Relax. Yeah, but you're not going to win in the playoffs. Dude, nobody's going to win in the playoffs except one team. Again, the only question is, are they good enough to beat the best? And the answer is, yes, they are. You're reading way too much into Tampa Bay. Packers have one loss. Tampa Bay has two. They're not, they're not perfect. So again, you know, l- let the media do what they're going to do, but don't fall into that trap. Everything to answer the question, is this, did we discover who the team really was against Tampa, which is what a lot of people wanted to say. The first four weeks of the season were a fluke. The real game was what we saw against Tampa. Interesting. If that was the case, your prediction would not have been 35 to 20 Packers, I guarantee you there's not a single pessimist that says we win this game 35-20, to 20, not one. Nobody would have said we score 35 points. Nobody definitely would have said they only score 20. Never in a million years. So yeah, I, I, I think the Packers are back. And, and if, if you can't give them a little bit of grace based on the situation, especially with all these injuries, I mean, losing David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones and, and some of the more critical pieces, not to mention we're already down Alan Lazard, the fact that it was a little bumpy at times is to be expected. Again, go back to the beginning of the game. If I approached you as lord of football with powers to control all things, and I said, how does a game sound in which it's a little rocky due to injuries, some miscommunications, a couple issues here and there, maybe one or two missed tackles, they kind of coast 
toward the end. But at the end of the day, the Packers annihilate the Texans by 15 points, 35-20. to 20. You going to take that deal? Or are you going to sit back and go, that's trash? Think about it. So yes, we should all be very, very excited. Um, the Texans clearly aren't the best team in football, but they're far from the worst. Um, prior to this game, because the grades for PFF are not out yet, they will be very soon, um, the Texans are ranked 15th. So, I mean, they're, they're dead average. Beyond that, if you just look at their offense, and, and I told you this before, they're ranked 6th. 6th highest graded offense in football, scored 20 points against our defense. With a mishmash of linebackers and a front that just does not get it done, and, you know, King isn't playing and Savage isn't playing. I mean, it's just a bunch of backups coming in, flying around the field. 6th best offense, scored 20 points. You okay with that, or... And again, very strangely, fourth best pass blocking offense in football. But, you know, again, whatever. Could be a lot worse. Don't allow yourself to fall into the stupid traps. This game, whether we're going to get credit from the national media folks or not, reestablishes the Packers. There are still the same questions. And as I said last week, this is a team that is just a ticking time bomb that occasionally is just going to drop a real bad one. I don't know why. I don't know how. Hopefully, we don't win enough games to get that by because we don't. We we can't handle by. Unfortunately, there's going to be a break between the the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. That can't be avoided. Maybe they can sneak off somewhere and go do a scrimmage with a with a college team or a high school team or something. Just go light some young kids up. You know, get referees, get the whole nine yards. They need some kind of a game. We can all get together and play. I'll take a hit from Jamal if it means we win a Super Bowl. One, you're subbing me out though after that. And do not expect me to put a lot of effort into that tackle. Tackle's going to be more like balling up at his shin level. But I'm willing to take a shin to the shoulder pad for the sake of the team. Anyways, thank you very much to Mr. Daniel Davis for jumping back on Patreon. Very, very much appreciated. As I said, I know I get a little beggy, but um, it's only because I know the potential is there. So again, I want to extend the offer a dollar a month. It's also Venmo, Venmo, PayPal, etc., etc. Probably the more realistic way that if I am ever able to leave my job, it's going to come from ad revenue. If we're just being completely honest, things have slowed down on Patreon to the point where I feel like we've maybe tapped this thing out entirely. And the odds of going from 100-ish to several thousand to be able to make enough money slim to zero. So again, the, the biggest thing that, that we can do is get the word out, and I'm, I'm trying my best to get out in front of audiences and whatnot to make more people aware of the Packernet podcast, or just podcasts in general. Some people just don't listen. I was the same way, as I mentioned. I didn't really listen to podcasts before I decided I wanted to start a podcast. And then I start. now I'm just hooked. That's all I do all day. Occasionally, I'll go over to Spotify listen to some music. If I'm just not, you know, brain's feeling a little fried, just need to unwind a little bit, just pop on some music. But some people just need to come over to the dark side. And so again, if you wouldn't mind letting the fine folks know about the Packernet podcast, that would be the absolute best way to... Uh, to get me to where I need to be. Again, if we can kind of 3x this show, I'll probably get quite a bit less beggy. Toward you. I'll be moving toward begging my wife, please let me quit my job. Then she'll say no for about a year, and then uh, maybe. But anyways, any and all support would be greatly appreciated. Again, remember to sign up at the newsletter, packdraft.com forward slash newsletter. That's packdraft, P-A-C-K-D-R-A-F-T, dot com forward slash newsletter. Tons of really great insights in there. It's a, it's a fun little just kind of get you caught up. A couple little news and notesy things that you didn't realize. Doesn't cost anything. It's just an email. So make sure you get signed up for that. Otherwise, let's take a break and uh, get a little bit more into the specifics on the other side.
So I did spend quite a bit of time yesterday shipping out a bunch of Iron Jock hoodies. I've got uh, two more addresses recently that I'm going to be shipping out. Probably plan on getting those out today. But we are starting to dwindle. Also, even though we're not completely running out, at some point the larges and extra larges are going to be gone. And all you're going to get is a 3XL um, hoodie. Because, you know, that's the way she goes. But if you don't want to wait, you know, four months for your 3XL hoodie, you can go today to ironjock.com. But they've got more than just hoodies. They've got polo shirts, vests, workout shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, socks and underwear, running jackets and pants. And hoodies, obviously. All of them are made with the exact same high-quality material that is wicking and fast-drying, breathable, anti-static, and also eliminates odor because they are infused with silver ion, which kills 99.9% of bacteria and fungus caused by sweating. It is the only performance wear company that infuses all of its apparel items with nano-silver. There are a couple other companies like Lululemon that infuse it in a couple things. This is head-to-toe in their product line. They also have their Endurotech Plus fabric, which makes the, uh, the fabric water-repellent. You can find this in their long pants, shorts, hoodies, and running jackets. So you'll never get wet while running or playing golf in the rain. Do yourself a favor. Go over to ironjock.com, I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. Check them out on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter, at Ironjock. Also, don't forget to head over to mybookie.ag. We're getting you paid is what we do. I don't think that that's not bad. I think my bookie should pay me to write them taglines. And if you don't like it, have you heard taglines? I'm at least better than the other guys that do it that get paid for it for a living. Although I'm I'm used to that. Anyways, mybookie.ag is the ultimate place to place your bets. Oh, there's another one. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. Don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really underdogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up in my bookie, and when you do, use promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. Just a little bonus to get you started on your winning season. That is promo code OVERTIME to claim your bonus when you make a deposit. Sign up today and begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Okily dokily. So why don't we take a look at what the Packers actually did? Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 34, 283 yards and four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Obviously, Russell Wilson is a much better quarterback. It is true that Seattle lost. It's also true that he threw three touchdowns and three interceptions. But 388 yards is more yards. Granted, 50 attempts compared to 34 attempts. But, you know, I don't like to get into that kind of stuff. Because the more you look at it, the more it feels like maybe Rodgers is at least up there with Russell and that Russell isn't perfect and that Rodgers is actually a really good quarterback. And we don't really like to talk about that because uh, we hate him. So, Also, if this is very quiet, I just realized there was a setting that's not quite right. It really freaked me out because the microphone was set at literally zero. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, this whole thing didn't work and there's not going to be an episode today. But um, as I move the microphone up and down, it doesn't do anything because I have a setting kind of messed up. But that's fine. I I can hear it. It's quiet, but I can hear it. You can hear it. Don't cry. Um, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon split was definitely in the direction of what we were all hoping didn't happen. Although, clearly, um, we got to put the A.J. Dillon thing on the back burner for a little bit. He was nowhere near as impressive as Jamal Williams was on the day. the Packers did have a hard time running early out of the gate. It looked like the Texans were doing a good job of, of slowing that down. Um, and it does look like A.J. Dillon is much more of, and this is exactly what I said about Jamal Williams when he started. Jamal Williams drove me nuts because he looked like a guy that just closed his eyes and ran straight ahead. That's kind of what we got from A.J. Dillon, it looked like. He kind of knew that this was a smash mouth kind of game. And I, I, I like that. We talked about that a little bit in terms of if you want to play physical football, we're going to give it right back to you. And that was, I mean, A.J. Dillon five times smashed as hard as he could into the, the Texans' defensive front. Now, he didn't get very far. Five attempts, 11 yards, 2.2-yard average. Um, Jamal was decent, 19 carries for 77 yards, 4.1-yard average. It was a little bit less than my prediction. But, I mean, he, he did well enough. And that's, that's all that matters. He saw the right creases. He saw the right holes. He, he made it work. He's not as smooth and electrifying as Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones clearly is a guy that not only sees the hole quicker, but transitions and shifts toward it much more smoothly. You know, Jamal's kind of very big, broad jump steps and everything else. But he's also the kind of guy that's going to power ahead if there's nothing there, kind of like A.J. Dillon. So he's, he's a nice blend. He's maybe not quite as big and powerful as A.J. Dillon, although sometimes he looks like he is more so. And he's not as smooth as Aaron Jones, but he's the full package. He's a good runner, he's a good receiver, he's a good blocker, he's got power, and he showed a little bit of all that yesterday. So I'm happy for A.J. Dillon. Um, I look forward to what he will become, but it's pretty obvious he's got a little ways to go, which makes sense. He's the number three, and we all kind of expected that there was a reason behind that. Again, Aaron Jones, or excuse me, Matt LaFleur wants him to be the guy, similar to DeGuara. He wanted DeGuara to be the guy. DeGuara and A.J. Dillon were getting force-fed tons and tons of reps, um, during the the preseason, I guess you would call it, training camp, which is the best of preseason that they can get. But on the opposite side of that, DeGuara came out and got a ton of snaps, more than Sternberger, pretty much right out of the gate. Dylan was the number three guy, right? So it's it wants versus tabling things. He wants certain things to be a certain way, but if they're not ready, they don't go, and Dylan isn't ready. No, that doesn't mean he's a bust. Again, Jamal was the exact same way. He was basically useless as a running back. He didn't have as much speed, he wasn't as big as A.J. Dillon, and he I swear he was closing his eyes when he ran. These things take time, 
We'll give him time. He hasn't had hardly any opportunities. He'll get it figured out. Um, MVS had his best play of the night was a running play, one carry for nine yard. Um, on the receiving side of things, um, Devontae Adams obviously was the man of the day. 13 receptions, 196 yards. I'm trying to get verification because I swear he went over 200, but apparently I, that was in my sleep. I dreamed that. Yep. So 16 targets, 13 receptions, 196 yards, and two touchdowns. If we look at players that beat the 13 receptions for 196 yards or, you know, tied or beat that, there's only 30 players that have done that in history. Heck of a group of guys, too. Um, Antonio Brown, Isaac Bruce, Steve Largent, Reggie Wayne, Josh Gordon, Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson, Jerry Rice, Reggie Wayne again, Anquan Bolden, Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice again, Reggie Wayne again. Unfortunately, two of these came against the Packers. We don't need to talk about that. But needless to say, he's in pretty solid company. And if we add in the two touchdowns, there's only seven guys who have done that. I mean, we can keep narrowing this down to, to make it Devontae being the only guy. But this many receptions, this many yards, and that many touchdowns or more. Jerry Rice, Steve Largent, Jimmy Smith, Will Fuller, Jerry Rice again, Brandon Marshall, and Wes Welker. That's it. That's the whole list. So very big day. Very, very big day. Obviously the first time in Packers history that anybody's done that. In fact, there's only been three times that somebody has gotten 13 or more receptions. Um, well, four times now. Uh, there was this game. There was uh, week one. Devontae got 14. That was against Minnesota. There was the 2019 game against Minnesota when he had 13. And there was the 2016 game against the Bears where he had 13. Devontae has all four <laughs> of the games in which uh, 13 or more receptions were in the game. There were only seven times when a player had more yards than what Devontae got here. Um, Billy Houghton in 1952 had 200 yards. Javon Walker in 2004 had 200 yards. Carol Dale in 1968 had 205 yards. James Lofton in 1984 had 206. Jordy in 2014 had 209 yards against the Jets. Mr. Don Beebe in 1996 had 220 yards. And Billy Houghton again 1956 against the Rams, 42-17 route. He had uh, seven receptions, 257 yards, which is 36.7 yards per reception. Seven receptions for 257 yards. That's crazy. But again, a, a um, I don't know, if, I don't, I don't know what the the metric is for calling it historic, but a very, very good game for Devontae. Anytime you got to start checking records, you know he had a good day. Uh, Jamal Williams got in on the receiving game. He was actually our second-best receiver, which isn't great for guys like Mr. Robert Tanyan. Really, really bad for guys like MVS. But uh, Jamal, four receptions, 37 yards. Tanyan or Tanyan, whatever, two receptions, 32 yards. Mercedes had one for nine. Malik Taylor had two for six. Jace, one for three yards, which was a touchdown. Good on him. Should also mention Malik uh, got in on a touchdown, as did Devontae with two. MVS, zero receptions for zero yard. Um, we can talk about how we maybe desperately need to go find another receiver. Um, I don't know, Darius Shepard, zero, zero. Um, and then finally, defensively, Kamal Martin led the team in tackles. He didn't even play the whole game, but he had six tackles, which led the team. Raven Green with five. He also had two assisted tackles. So if you add those in, technically he had eh, not even the most. That would be Chris Barnes. But uh, Amos, Barnes, Josh, I mean, the whole team got in on it. And I'll, I'll be honest, I I not only like the fact that they kept the score low, 
I thought the tackling looked a lot better. I thought the the game script was not only more physical. I thought the players were physical. Guys were playing downhill. They were playing fast. They were playing mean physical football. Raven Green was playing mean. Kamal Martin was killing people. I thought Barnes, you know, it, it, it's always a weird thing with Barnes because a lot of the time when I'm watching him, I feel like he has a good day and I miss some of the bad stuff. But I, I again, I thought he looked really good out there. I'm sure he had a couple bad plays, but he was fun to watch. Um, Josh Jackson, I know, was looking real physical. We had sacks from Adrian Amos. That was a real critical sack. Chris Barnes got in on a sack. Zadarius got his one sack that I had predicted. That was one of the few predictions. I I, I wasn't terrible on it, I guess. And then finally, we had Henry Black with the forced fumble. What a what a great thing for him to come in. The guy's not getting any opportunities. The game's basically over. So like, all right, kid, go out there and have a little bit of fun. He goes out there and pops the ball out. I don't know how many snaps he had, but it wasn't many. But again, I was very impressed um, with the defense in general. Um, I mean, offensively of the guys that I was, I mean, possibly the offensive line, you'd have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. Obviously, Billy Turner wasn't a massive letdown. I don't know exactly what he did throughout the day, but again, just glad I didn't hear his name. But again, even if we're getting nitpicky, you could look at Rodgers, didn't look quite as sharp or whatever, but the defense, man, I just, I was, I was just very impressed. Also, before we sign out here, because I do have to go, massive kudos to another guy. Who doesn't fall into the offensive or defensive category? How about J.K. Scott? I know one of his punts got blocked, but that's not his fault. I think it was Josh Jackson on a terrible block. But that dude was booming him. I mean, when you see a return man sprinting backwards, that's a good kick. And then, of course, there was the one they decided, hey, let's just not even put anyone back there. And uh, he, he dropped that right inside. What did they start at, like the two, three-yard line? So J.K. was on his game. Just a, it, I mean, it, was, it was just a great game. It just was. It wasn't perfect. It was a little bumpy. But again, all things considered, you would expect a little bit of bumpy. And if, if you just look at some of these other games, you know, if you want, if you need more context, look at Philly beating the Giants by one. All right? You think you feel good about that? If, how about Buffalo, 18 to 10? You supposedly have this high-powered offense. You score 18 points against the Jets. I mean, they were close to losing to that team. New Orleans almost lost to Carolina. They only won by three points. Detroit beat the Falcons by one. You don't feel good about that. Dallas is just. I mean, we gotta we gotta put them on watch, man. This is, it's, it's to the point of I genuinely feel bad for the Cowboys, really bad for Mike McCarthy. I, I would say I borderline feel bad for Cowboys fans because this is, wow, 25-3 to Washington. Cleveland barely edged out Cincinnati. They won by three. Um, I mean, New England, you feel like you got something going and the 49ers trounce you 33-6. to Yikes. And then, of course, you got Seattle losing to Arizona. That's a divisional game, so weird stuff always happens, but I don't think Arizona's all that great. They've been getting beat by teams fairly regularly. Seattle's undefeated, and you lose to Arizona. That's not great. So, I mean, again, any angle you want to look at this in, this is a great win. But i got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.